Today's episode of 20th Century Popcast is brought to you by Buttwells, the cookie that smells just like it is, and by varying quality of audio. Yes, we know it sounds a little spotty at times in this episode, and we are working on it. So thank you, guy who told us. How would you explain it? A woman in Wisconsin is possessed by a terrifying feeling that her daughter has just been in an accident. She makes a desperate phone call and learns her feeling was true. And how can people around the world describe a being from space and have their descriptions match almost exactly? Maybe no one can fully explain these things, but they can no longer be ignored. That's why Time Life presents this new series, Mysteries of the Unknown. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present by living in the very spooky past. Uh, my name is Tim Blevins. And I'm Bob Cannon. And Bob, if somebody asked me who was I going to call, I was going to call you. Oh, I, good, because right? I like busting ghosts. And you ain't afraid of no ghosts, Not, and it makes you feel good. Yeah. I, I t- turn... Turns out I am afraid of ghosts. So you're afraid of some ghosts. Yeah. But you're not afraid of no ghosts. You would prefer it with no ghosts. But I guess I would. That would be ideal. Gen- generally. Generally, no ghosts, not afraid. Some ghosts, a little afraid. Yeah. Maybe. We saw a ghost. That's a nice way to start this off, right? Is that Sure. We, I know it happened in this century. Everyone, we're, it's uh, almost Halloween. <clears throat> we're doing what our theoretically loosely stitched together maybe three in a row Halloween episodes last week uh, was a dark crystal based episode which is a scary movie and people probably dress up as those things so maybe that's Halloween uh, hopefully next week because it's falling right before Halloween we'll do something but today yeah we're talking uh, we're talking about the the unknown the unexplained and, and I guess I was trying to open up this I guess by by, by reminding you I'm sure you forgot that you and I, I believe, have had a rather extensive paranormal encounter when we were roommates in the year 2000. But still, do you recall this? And do you believe this? Is this when we were living in Malden together? Yeah, when else would it have been? Have we had other well, paranormal well, trying, encounters? Well, no. I mean, I couldn't remember if it was Malden or, or, or Selkirk. Um, oh, really? It was, yeah, Malden. It was you, I, and my sister. We lived in that house for a year. And it's so ingrained in my head. You is you can't remember the the, I, the setup of the of the house. I, I remember the setup of the house. I remember how the house is 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 situated. I don't know. You remember when your mail arrived? What was written on the envelope of your mail? No. It's Malden. Yeah. Malden, Massachusetts. What happened? Russell Street. What happened? Because yeah, it was Russell Street. Uh, really, you don't. What happened? You were there. You don't remember? We were sitting in our chairs. We each had our own recliner. We had a uh-huh. we had a nice apartment. It was a long apartment in the sense that there was a long hallway when you first walked in, and to the left of that was like your bedroom. Yeah. I think it was yeah your bedroom. You keep walking down my bedroom, the bathroom, and then at the the front of the hall, right? If you kept walking, was the door room. to my sister's room. Yes. Right. And then adjacent to that, in the structure of the house, there was, um, right when you walked in, if you turned right out of the hallway, was the living room, a very uh-huh. nice living room, where you and I had a... Ping pong table. Well, that, w- that was in the dining room. See, there no, was a no, living room. No, the ping pong table was in the dining room, unless you opened it and played, then it was in the dining room and the living room. It was a giant ping pong table. Actually, I guess it was an actual size. It was, it was a regular uh, sized, uh, official 
tournament size ping pong table. And, and an average size apartment that probably wasn't built to house it. Correct. But yeah, we had, um, that's true. We had a living room with the chairs and they looked forward at the TV. We had a China cabinet on the left side that you could see from the chairs. TV was on the mm-hmm. right. And then mm-hmm. I think you looked through, I think the very next space. Yeah. Was that was the dining room. Maybe the dining room is where the China cabinet was. You yeah, can see it all the, from the chairs. Yeah. It was at the back of the dining room. It was at the very back of the wall. It was on the other side of the dining room was uh, a closet on one side and then a pantry on the other. Like you, you would walk through the dining room and you'd go to the right and you'd walk through the pantry to get to the kitchen. This has been early 21st century geography. No, you're right. <laughs> Actually, that's you're really selling the scene. <clears throat> but all of this was visible from our chairs. And, and like the China cabinet had a bunch of uh, Transformers and X-Files uh-huh. and Star Wars toys in it. Um, the ping pong table, you're right. When it wasn't there, when it wasn't being used, I guess it was folded up. We, we had it open a lot. It, yeah, it would be folded up. And I can't remember if it blocked the China cabinet or was against the, the wall on the left. So it was only partially blocking the China cabinet. Yeah, this I'm now understanding why you couldn't exactly recall because I can't either. This was a while ago, but but the 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 the, the fact of the story is we had an e- we had a series of evenings. I feel like, okay. um, but we had a specific evening of what I feel like was a three tier accelerated encounter or announcement that something was paranormal about that house. It was in uh, October of 2000. We had lived there probably for a month and a half. It was a Sunday. It was getting dark. I worked at a coffee shop in Cambridge. I came home, um, and, and you were there. And I came in, and I think our plan was to watch TV and have dinner and stuff. And I remember we had a little kitty. and were playing with the kitty. And, and um, Lucy. I remember Lucy, Lucy McLean Stevenson, I believe, is, That's right. was the kitty's full name. Um, but I remember being there, and we're in the living room, and it was starting to get dark. It wasn't fully dark out yet, but it was getting there, as October should do, as every day should do eventually we were in do you remember we were in the living room we heard what sounded like a chair that was dragged across the living room or the dining room floor or kitchen floor we had a kitchen table in the kitchen boy this story is going nowhere but we heard what i thought sounded like a chair a dragging chair we both i feel like noticed it not a big deal sounds happen houses settle but i remember getting up going to the kitchen and just looking because it was a noticeable sound of of like a chair and and nobody was home maybe my sister was in a room but nobody was in the, the kitchen I remember going, looking at the chairs, and my head being investigator pre- prime and be looking at the floor like, are there scratches? No, nothing. And it was whatever. We went back to our seats. It was nothing. We sat down. It got dark. We're watching TV. And I remember saying at some point, or not saying, but looking over you know, from our chairs at the, this story is being told amazingly well, looking in the darkness at our china cabinet as we're sitting in our chairs and seeing, catching sight of it and not registering until almost it was gone, but what looked like uh, almost like a car headlight, one could say, a sure. uh, circular light that passed over, or oval light that passed over the um, china cabinet. And I remember turning to you and asking, hey, hey did, 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 did you see that? I don't remember if you did or not. Does this sound familiar, seeing a little light move over the uh, China cabinet? It does sound familiar. I don't think I saw it, which is probably why it didn't stick with me uh, like it stuck with you. Oh. I noticed it. Again, it could be a car passing outside. It could be be anything. It's just given the sound of the chair, given the night, given just some mood in the house. I, I noticed it enough to think that's odd. The night progressed. The hairs of my arms just stood up. And I remember we were both sitting in the chair, we were watching TV. Embarrassingly, we might have been watching The X-Files, which is a weird <laughs> bent on the, on, the, on the story, I'm not sure. But 
one of us, and I remember it as being you, asked the other, do you see that? And pointed, we're sitting in our chairs, and pointed through the living room, point, the, point, the, the, the direction through the kitchen, to that pantry we had mentioned. Uh-huh. And we both looked towards the pantry. And what I remember was looking into the pantry, it looked murky. It looked cloudy. It was like a gray cloud or something almost swirling, not dramatically, but something looked like out of focus there. We both kind of kind of noticed it. It was strange. Like it, 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 it looked unnatural. It didn't right. look familiar. Right. And I got up because we both saw it. I was like, that's odd. And I walked towards it. And I do remember the ping pong table was open because I had the maneuver around it. I remember walking out of the living room into the kitchen around the table and, and, and getting right in front of the door. And as I stood there looking at this murkiness, almost like someone turned a focus, like pulled a focus or turned a dial, this huge flat looking from how I was looking at it, circle, perfect circle with a little pinhole in the middle, just materialized like this shape right there in the doorway. I jumped back. I remember hearing you jump up from your chair, said, what the fuck or something, some variation on the swear and kind of stuttered back. I think you threw on a light and it disappeared. And it was horrifying because I really felt like I saw something. And I feel like you reacted right when I reacted, which, which made me think, okay, we were both seeing this at the same time. And we turned on the lights. We looked around. It was, it was very unnerving. I remember going out on the front porch because my sister was home at this point and I didn't want to scare her. So let's leave her in the house. We'll go out on the front porch and talk <laughs> about it. And I just remember like we went outside and like, oh, what happened? What happened? Did you see that? And we were relating the story to each of us. You know, like it was, there was mist, it was circled. And I remember, as I said, and then, you know, it materialized and there was this pinhole in the middle. I remember when I said pinhole, your face went whiter than we both are. <laughs> Or dropped or just had some form of, of, of recognition. It's been so many years now. And if, when you tell the story, I, I don't know how many of these details have been exaggerated from re- repetition. But I just remember that point of the pinhole, <clears throat> you were like, I saw that too. Like that was, to me, the key connector in that we both saw the same unexplained thing. Does any of that story sound familiar to you? It absolutely does. And I, I regret that I have forgotten that moment. I yeah, that that totally brings me back. I feel like that whole apartment just had a vibe. Um, but that, yeah, I do remember that night. You saw more than I saw. Do you do you remember that? Do you remember some of the other things you saw while we were living in that house? Um, you know, I feel like I've maybe blocked stuff out. I remember we would talk about it a lot, mm-hmm. and we, I, I sadly. There's very little detail I can recall, and I wonder really? if there's a reason for that. I wonder if, if too much happened, and <laughs> maybe I don't want to know. I um, mean, I remember you saw stuff in the daytime. You'd, and what's weird is the stories I remember you telling me, because I only saw, <clears throat> there were a couple other things I saw while we were there that were terrifying to me, but I remember you telling me, and it was usually when you had a friend there with you of things you would see. Hmm. Uh, you had a friend, and I think the two of you were standing in the kitchen once, and you're pretty sure that, uh, can you hear that? It just started raining outside. I'm sorry if you're hearing that sound. I do hear um, that. That's, that adds to the spookiness. I guess so. <laughs> and do you see that? There's a candle floating past me that just lit itself. <laughs> but um, I should probably close that window. Um, I'm going to close that window. Hold on one second. <laughs> yeah.
I just remember you like um, you said you were talking to a friend and you thought you saw the something like a like a, a luminescent tube passed between the two of you and went around the corner like at at ankle height. You briefly thought it was the cat, but when you turned around, the cat was actually to your right. So you're like, what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. I remember you telling me how at night you'd be sitting in your chair watching TV and you would glance again through that pantry where we saw stuff. And you would see like a, a bulbous kind of shadowy shape kind of move past the door, hunch yeah. over the kitchen table a little bit, straighten back up, pass out of the way. And I think I think you, you had a friend there once. Um, she, The two of you were going to go somewhere. You were in your room. She would, This is the story I remember that terrified me. But again, I, let me know if you remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was sitting in the living room. You were in your room getting ready. You're about to go out. She called you and said, Bob, Bob, can you come in here? You left your room. You came into the living room. And you saw her. She was kind of sitting in, on the couch or in a chair with her face down. She kind of pointed towards the, the, the pantry door. She said, do you, do you see that? And you looked up and you looked over. You're looking through the pantry, normal looking pantry. And all of a sudden, that bulbous shape, that weird, yeah. dark, cloudy shape, passed from left to right or right to left. And the two of you left the house. Does, does this sound like stuff that happened, or am I inventing stories here? No, I remember that. I remember her seeing that. I remember who that was. I won't name her name for her privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, she, I'm, I think we'll talk a bit more about her um, on this episode. Um, she has or has claimed to have uh, some psychic abilities. Oh. Uh, yeah, she seemed to be in touch and there's a couple creepy stories she has told me um but she seems to be in touch with um the other side so to speak so yeah that that was i remember i remember thinking and it must have happened after our other experiences because i remember thinking how knowing her and knowing what her beliefs are and what she believes she can do and and what she can see and having her see the same thing, I remember that freaking me out. Like it wasn't yeah. just us, but it was somebody <laughs> who who claims to be able to uh, have these abilities. Um, I remember I remember the the dark shadow more than the blurry experience. Um, but I also do remember us sharing those experiences. Maybe not that particular one. For some reason, I can't oh. seem to remember that particular one. But I know that we've we've had that those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's freaky. And again, they've become stories. I mean, I've told and retold that story for 17 years now. Yeah. And I can't think that all the details are accurate. I can't think that it hasn't been elaborated on or, or twisted through telling. But um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I do feel like we experience something. But then again, it's like, am I a good measurement of target? for that because as we're, get, we're talking about today one of my huge pastimes my passions one of the things i loved the most growing up and to this day was just reading books about paranormal activity reading books about ufo visitors and visitations alien abductions cryptozoology the loch ness monster i mean these yeah these were things that fascinated me and and i it's through books, really, that I got to know all of this. It was before the, the internet for me, so I wasn't able to look up videos on TV. I enjoyed watching TV specials, but I remember just reading and devouring whenever I went to the library, going to the very, very small, probably, but not too many books, uh, unexplained, maybe, or paranormal yeah. section, whatever it was called, and just pulling books out every time and reading them constantly. And a series I recall pretty pretty graphically greatly or just that kind of is an umbrella of that time was the time life books 
Mysteries of the Unknown. You're familiar with these books, right? I I am familiar with those books. Um, I don't know that we had access to those particular books in, in the little library section. I mean, you're talking about looking at that in your library. I can picture the, like, it's 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 like a, a cinematic image in my mind of the corner of the elementary school library room. Basically, in, in our school, it was basically a circle, and we all the classes were around the library. Um, and the back corner was where those books were. They were basically, I don't know if it was the same with you, but they were all with the Guinness Book of World Records books. It was all that kind of stuff. Oh. I think weird and, and, and different. Um, was uh, were there point? UFO books and ghost books there too, or was this more because it was because it's kind of like an encyclopedia set almost, a series of books. Yeah, the books that I always went to at that age were the cryptozoology books. Mm-hmm. Anything about Bigfoot, I was looking at. Um, anything that I thought, uh, or at least to my mind at that age, was like a realistic hidden creature somewhere in this world. That that was fascinating to me. Now, how old were you? Um, when, when was when? What age would this be? This is elementary grade? school, so it you is. know, uh, eight, nine. Uh, so it's probably the mysterious creatures volume. So was Bigfoot kind of yeah. your introduction to that? Bigfoot was definitely my introduction to that. Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster. Oh yes, local that's... local stories. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, and so you would have little articles. You'd see stuff about Champy, which is oh, yeah. basically the, the Loch Ness monster in, in Lake Champa- Champlain. Yes, that's in fifth grade. I did a pa- we had to do a paper on a, a state. I chose Vermont so I could do a page on Champy. Nice. And then Montpelier is the other thing I remembered. But uh, so you were you were into. <laughs> so where did you first find out about like Bigfoot? How do you remember knowing what that was and knowing that that was a real or supposedly real creature? Well, these books I think were really my introduction. I can't recall a memory of Bigfoot prior to that. Um. So it was these books, like that section of of our elementary school library. I mean, all the other books were, you know, uh, biographies and and literature. Mm-hmm. And in in my little uh, eight year old brain, I I didn't want to do that. I wanted to look at monsters and <laughs> creatures that that might actually exist. That that fascinated me. And so yeah, I was looking looking at that beeline cool. to that section. And I have a memory of these books at a young age too. What I, what was odd to find out is this series of books actually debuted in 1987, which would have right. placed me in sixth or seventh grade. Where this, you know, I, here's something unrelated. You were born in 1974, so you're a year older than me. Oh yeah. Recently, you claim to be 41 on the podcast. That's incorrect, right? Uh, yeah, I guess it would be. 42? Okay, I was just double-checking, because I, I listened, I was like, wait, maybe we were born the same year, but... So these books were coming out, for me, when I was in 6th grade, for New Year in 7th grade. It's weird that I I think of them as, like, a childhood, childhood memory, but, I mean, we were... I guess we were very young at that age. We were starting to come into our own at that age. Yeah. I first saw them as commercials. There was a series of very famous commercials i think are famous anyways of tv about these books because they it was a series of books and the the ads played it where it's like um you know it's a different volume every other month and you know subscribe now and see your first volume for 10 days free and it was mystic places i think was that one and yeah. it's like these black looking you know black cover books with like silver lettering and then there was a square in the center with an image and i think it was the sphinx and it had like a silver frame and all the books followed that sort of pattern yeah 
and there were mail order books. I mean, did, did you ever order stuff off TV, records, books, any of these mail order commercials, which I guess are still on? People download stuff more now, but I think you still see stuff on TV for this. Um, yeah, you do. Um, I never did order. Uh, the closest I got to ordering anything like this was like your Columbia House Records, but I did that okay. through through the pullout in a magazine. Um, I never did it through their TV advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those, it, and basically this was kind of like a Columbia house for mysterious books, <laughs> like, because you'd get, you'd get the first book and if you liked it, you kept it and it, that you keeping it, like you got it free, I guess for 10 days mm-hmm. and you keeping it was like the indication that you now have agreed to purchase all of these books and we're just going to automatically send it to you just like it was for Columbia house. You know, you, you get the album. We're going to just send you albums. If you don't send it back, then we're going to make you pay for it. Could you uh, do so that with Columbia House? Similar. You had the option to send them back? Yeah, there were like monthly monthly things. I think the ones you ordered you had to keep, but they would send you stuff just randomly. I always thought I could beat that system. Obviously, they are smart enough to know people do this, but I remember thinking like, I'll just get Mystic Places and read it in nine days, and then I'll send it back. And for some yeah. reason, my mind thought I'll just keep doing this, but it would just it would keep being Mystic Places if that was my my ploy. <laughs> I'm sure well, the process yeah, no, of sending they, me back was an effort. I think they 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 also would say you know it's like cancel at any time and and you get to keep what you have already. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I remembered. I actually remember thinking doing you know if I could do that, I wasn't old enough to do it myself, and I I knew my mother wouldn't pay for it. But I remember <laughs> thinking doing that um, to get the few that I really wanted. You know, like the UFO ones, the ghost ones, because I wasn't necessarily keen on uh, psychic abilities at that time. I don't mean either. I wouldn't have wanted. I wouldn't have wanted that one. Um, But I definitely, at that age, like I, I kind of feel like, and it's hard to pinpoint, but I can't imagine that I wasn't affected by these commercials because, like I was saying, I was really into the cryptozoology stuff, the stuff that I thought at my age was plausible and real like this was a a creature that people have seen that there are footprints there's physical evidence and (laughs) big footprints huge yes big footprints um so watching i the the commercials were great because they kind of um set these mysteries up you know like what you know what if or there was a guy that this happened to and could this be there's all these what's possible sort of questions that maybe i hadn't thought of until i was seeing these commercials maybe i did but it's hard to say and and certainly these commercials had an influence on kind of turning me towards the other possibilities of this world and this realm we live in i think the commercials are almost more than the book impact like you're saying are what impacted us and what i remember do you there were kind of like two waves of commercials like and it's it's odd did you go back and watch any of the ads before i did i did i went i did i I forgot some of the setups but as soon as i started seeing it it was like oh my god yes right well i forgot like it's they were ingrained I feel like the ones that everyone seems to remember, it became almost like a joke as time went on. It was like the read the book where someone happens yeah. to be reading the book and the <laughs> stewardess comes over and they're almost flirting. She's like, ah, reading a book. Eh? Yes, this is about psychic healing and the Mothman. Well, what happened then? Read the book. And it's more of like a, a little play, a horribly written play of these characters. Julian Moore is in one talking about psychic whatever. But That's when right. it first started, 
And these are the ones I remember. It was like, you know, like a man walks into Stonehenge with a yes. shape of a bird in his hand and gets a jolt or uh, lights are seen in the sky. They say it's swamp gas, but there is no gas. You know, it was just a weird narration with like an image. And I think this just speaks to what's available now, or maybe it speaks to the age. That image in those voiceovers, I remember as being huge. It's like a picture of a UFO and he's saying UFOs are real. Like you said, like that shot of Sasquatch, it's Sasquatch. But to watch the commercials now, they're, they're hokey. If, or yeah. they, to me, they felt very phony. And I don't know if that's just because, I don't know if that's technology. I don't know if that's age. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it's been parodied. Like when you first saw the ads, they were impactive, right? Like this was a eerie, I thought, unveiling of this is how the world works. People should read this book because then they'll know. Then they'll yeah. learn. Yeah. It was like, um, like, like you're saying that they're, they're hokey, but. I didn't see that at that age. I saw the possibilities. I saw, well, what are the answers to these questions that you're proposing? Because that's what they did. They proposed these questions. Mm -hmm. The the one, the very first one that uh, I watched, rewatched, and I think might have been the first set of commercials, was just this really kind of creepy, I thought creepily shot um, of of a a man walking through uh, an airport saying that he is about to get onto a plane when he suddenly has this dark feeling um, of, of doom and chooses not to go on the plane, and then that plane crashes. And the, the way that they shot it um, felt real to me because I hadn't traveled, I hadn't been on a plane. And so uh, it was just, yeah. And then there was another one of a woman washing her dishes and she drops a dish and holds her hand because she suddenly has this pain. And so she calls her sister who burned her hand, you know, and she's like States away. Um, and I didn't realize that rewatching them, they're all like these really sparse uh, studio sets. Yeah. That airport is a hotel or motel corridor that he's walking down. It looks like right. it doesn't look like an airport, but also those. And, and like the, the one with the sink is just a sink and a phone. Like there's not even a wall around her. It's, it's, uh, but, and they're so vague. Like I remember seeing these commercials thinking like, yup, that's a story. That guy who had a psychic, whatever. <laughs> yup. She's connected. Yup. That's a UFO. But now I'm just like, w- anyone can say that sentence, right? Like there's no specificity to it now. But as a kid, these commercials and what they were positing, and maybe it's because, you know, you're, I, I'm already, they already have me won over because, you know, you're saying like with the Bigfoot and like with UFOs, because that was kind of my thing, ghosts as well. Like I looked at this series of books as sort of like a Tobin spirit guide, you know, like in Ghostbusters, they talk about all the reference books they have. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what this set would be like. I wanted this fucking library. Yeah. So I could be this investigator and be like, what, what's going on? Hmm, spectral lights. Let me pull out the volume. Hmm, says here that in 1982, someone <laughs> saw spectral lights. I, I'll be there. Like, that was my impression of these things. Because I, yeah. I always approach these kind of books. Especially, I mean, this to me was an encyclopedia. We had a very old set of encyclopedias in the house. So I understood the concept of it. This mimicked that to a degree. Um, and I just, I always thought, not always, but as a kid, one of the things I thought is like, I'm going to be this paranormal investigator or cryptozoologist. You know, one of my earliest memories when I was very young was my friends, the Rasconis, Jake and Matt Rasconi and myself. And we were all, this was probably like in 1980s, we were five or six. And it was another series of books prior to this mysteries of the unknown. There, there was a series of books called in search of, which I think was based on the TV show in search of. 
And it's the same thing. They were aimed at kids, but they were about like there's a Loch Ness Monster volume, a Bigfoot volume, uh, Aliens Encounters volume. And they all had like an orange back cover. The front was always a blown up black and white photo, like that famous Gimli footage of uh, Sasquatch was on that one, picture of the Loch Ness Monster in another. And we would flip through these books, and it was our idea that when we grow up, when we were adults, one of us was going to buy an RV, one of yeah. us was going to buy a, a, a camera, a film camera, and one of us was going to buy a submarine, and we were going to go to Loch Ness with our wives, was our thought at the time, because that's what we thought people did, and we were going to find this thing, and we are going to take this book with us, because we read the book, and we saw the photos, and we were like, okay, so people are talking about this, but obviously they're not, if I can just get there, I can find this thing, because I'm informed. My ideas with these books was, well, I'm reading it, so I'm getting informed. I know more than you. I know more than my parents. I know more. Like, I can solve these things. I was looking at this, these books, these mass market <laughs> advertised on national television, best-selling books that were, were constantly taken out of the library, that were on people's shelves, that were read by a fair number of people. People know Sasquatch. People know Loch Ness Monster. I was looking at the fact that I saw it the photo because I couldn't read yet or once I could read because I read the book and I had something in my mind where I'm like, I now know this. I'm going to solve this. And these things to me was kind of like, oh, it was, it was like forbidden knowledge. It was like archaic books. And yet they're not, you know, they're easily accessible things. But I thought, and this is, I think, why I was so fascinated and continue to be probably with the paranormal, specifically with UFOs, but also like you're saying with Loch Ness Monster a little bit. You know, I, you know what's weird is I'm not a huge Bigfoot fan. I don't know why that is. I don't know what isn't the drive with that one. That's like the all-American monster next to the current sitting president. But I mean, like that's like what? What again? What? Why was it Bigfoot for you? I mean, I'm curious about that. What? Why him? It, her? It? Uh, I, you know, like I was saying before, I think for me, like it was something I could connect to as being uh, a reality. Mm-hmm. There, to it, it was something other than ghosts or ufos which also could very much be a reality but for my you know childhood brain it made more sense there seemed to be more evidence um the 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 video for the film footage the the footprints the stories the fact that there is vast wilderness and this was a creature that could be in the world as opposed to you know aliens that you know anything could create these lights although you know the more you see the more you you wonder um but at that age um that was the thing that i think drew drew me to that did you talk about it with other people like did you express your interest i had i had had friends just like you did that that was our plan there was we were just gonna you know because in upstate new york there's lots of woods that way and um there wasn't uh a lot of sightings of bigfoot that wasn't something that we knew of in the area but we still thought let's go to the woods and let's see what we can find. Like maybe we'll be the f- first ones to find the, the central New York beast. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, we talked about when we were older, how we would just travel the country. Um, like I always thought that it would be the, the coolest thing. And I kind of uh, at Emerson would write a, a spec script about this too. It's like the get in the RV group of people that ha- are experts on, on various things and, and travel and, and, find the local stories because every to me it felt like and i I think it's true every uh locality has uh, has their own story you've got champy 
you've got Bigfoot, you've got the Jersey Devil, you know, you've mm-hmm. got all these things that are local. You've got Mothman, um, you've got might, the Dover yeah, Demon, you know. you've got Goatman, you've got Ragman, you got a lot of men, not a whole lot of women, strangely. Sorry, oh. sexist no, yeah. field of paranormal psychology, but... <laughs> um, but did you ever hit any resistance? Like, did you ever feel like someone doubts it or someone was like, yeah, that's not, that doesn't exist. Did anyone ever tell you Bigfoot's not real? I don't recall ever hitting a resistance. Really? Uh, maybe there were a couple people that would, you know, mock us a little bit when we were talking about it, like the older kids perhaps, but that didn't really seem to, to sit long with me. It didn't bother me. Um, really? I, yeah. I feel like, and everyone that I've met, including you and others, uh, just in my life, are open to the possibilities. And so it was never, I never felt like, you know, my, my, my mom didn't, you know, like shut it down. I was like, no, we can't read these books. We're, 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 we're turning these. We're burning well, these. This yeah, I don't mean like that. Yeah. Although that would have definitely added, in my mind anyways, a weight to them. This is truth. <laughs> but I don't know. I, and I, cause I feel like this might be part of why i'm so drawn to this i i do feel like they're like my parents you know again they weren't saying that's not real and you know pointing their finger and that's not their voice but they were skeptical of it they i don't think they believed in ufos ghosts i had that thought from early on i definitely heard from other people like you know because they tell you like oh no it's not real just so just so they can get to bed because you'll get to bed (laughs) so if i'm reading a book about ghosts at age 10 and then i'm in my room and i'm thinking like every shadow and every toy and every pac-man poster on the wall is coming to get me they don't want to stay up with me all night. So, of course, you're going to say, oh, no, no, that's not real. No, that's, that's right. fake. They don't exist. They don't exist. They don't exist. We'll go to church on Sunday, but these ghosts don't exist. So I think there was a part of me, I know there was a part of me, that, that you know had this idea that, well, they're wrong. I know it exists. It's in this book. It's in this, this multi-33 volume set of books at the library. I was it's flipping a Time through. Life book, too. That it's was a right. thing for me. I knew it's Time Magazine because my dad got important. Time Magazine. Yeah. yeah. This isn't fake. This is time. It had that slapped on it. And yet, from what I understand, Time Magazine hated these books, had no respect for them. And Life Magazine, which I guess was a magazine of photography, was like, eh. but they were big sellers. But exactly that title of Time Life, and also to me, the fact that they were hardcover books for some reason, <laughs> all gave it sort of an educational like bent, all made it seem real. Yeah. And because I was reading it and felt like other people don't believe in this. And again, I had friends who did, but because other people did not believe in it, because because other people would say it's not true, that drove me a little harder to be like, okay, so I'm finding something that is true. It's, it's how conspiracy theories work, sadly. I had a period, a very dangerous period of thinking where I was really into conspiracy theories just because it was it's this idea of secret knowledge and I'm in on it. Mm. The rest of the world doesn't know something I do know. And that's, <clears throat> I think a lot of conspiracy theorists and now with YouTube and, and, and with the internet, you, you can access a lot of their writings and rantings. I think it's just, some of it, some of it could be true, but a lot of times there's this putting oneself on a pedestal. And, and the, I guess to keep this tied into these books to talk about the paranormal, not so much conspiracies. I think there is something for me there was something about being into this you know being like this is the reality that the world doesn't talk about doesn't want you to know this goes against what i was taught there was something to that yeah that drove me even further into it and having these books just validated that because going to the library was important it was important in school but it was also my parents made sure to get us there as often as we could sending books out you know you get your ralph you know runaway ralph kids book or you get your peanuts 
cartoon book, but then I would always grab one of these, you know, yeah. Ancient Aliens was one or Intruders when I was a little older, things like that. And so having those books and again, just the, the process of reading, you know, flipping through the pages and reading this thing. And, and then I would always look at the back to see, well, how many times was this book taken out? Because, you know, they would stamp the books. They used to stamp books at libraries. I'd be like, someone took it out in 86, someone took it out in 84. Hmm, this book has just been sitting there collecting dust. You know, it was my own kid's movie of being some sort of investigator yeah so <laughs> you know it's, it's this whole idea of believing all this it's like yeah you know, i've never seen a ufo i've never seen an alien i've never seen the loch ness monster i'm fortunate to have had a couple experiences where i've seen something that you know i call ghosts sure but i call them ghosts because these books gave me the language to do that you know i i did experience something i think you and i definitely experienced something i had another my first real experience with it happened in 1992 like whatever happened was beyond my normal routine which is how what paranormal means but ghosts happens to be how i describe it because it's a word i got from the book so that i don't know what that means but these books and this following of the paranormal part of it was yeah just it was a little bit of a ego stoke for me or stroke because i just felt like i was gaining insight and into something that the world needed to know and i was going to be the researcher part of that and i don't know you know going into the 90s we get stuff like x files we get stuff like independence day stargate and the movies and stuff that kind of play off of this especially with ufos and ghostbusters did it too ghostbusters was the first job i ever wanted but this idea of these people dealing with the unexplained and the unknown yeah, and their position in that. I mean, I think that definitely, I was willing to believe what I read and that definitely played into it that it's, you know, stick on the X-Files for a minute, that brilliant single sentence whittled down meaning that's on Mulder's poster, the I want to believe. Yeah. That really, I don't know, th- these books, I think, drew that out of me because of course I want to believe in this stuff. Of course I want to think it's real. And I, I don't know if I do. That's the weird thing. Like to this day, I'm like, do I believe in ghosts? Do I believe in UFOs? Because as I've gotten older, these books do look a little like I, they're there's they're still enjoyable, but the car- commercials I find ridiculous. Commercials. Some of the stories that read, right? Yeah. Some of the stories I read have a lot of holes in them, so I'm like, hmm, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you still believe in Bigfoot? Don't uh, say as the possibility. Like, do you think a Bigfoot is walking around somewhere in the U.S. or another continent? The, generally, no. Um, but generally, I think, no. Generally, no. I think with a lot of these things, if I come across a, a new article or a new video or something, uh, it might pique my interest again, and then I start to think about it again. But in my general days walking around in life, uh, no, I don't think Bigfoot is real. Um but then there's those moments and it's sort of like what these books did where they give you pause. It's like, well, wait, but let's rethink this because here's this story or here's this evidence. So you ask me, do I think Bigfoot is real? My answer would have to be no. But then it's like, oh, there's a little bit of me that wants to, like you're saying, wants it to be real. And there's occasions where you'll see something that makes you think about it again. Like when I was, like you're saying, like growing up as a kid, this was something I thought about a lot. I probably thought about this. I mean, we're talking about our experience in that house. We were post-college. We were 20-somethings. And we were still into this and wanting to experience it in a way. I went to, uh, talking about my friend that that came to the house and and saw what she saw. Um, She had a house... 
uh, in Massachusetts on the Cape that was in her family. And she talked about stories and things that happened there. And I was like, we're going there. Let's go to that house. Let's spend the night in that house, which we did. And we had some experiences there. It was, you know, what happened? I I don't know if I remember this story. What happened Um, in the house? She, first, let me tell you the story that really, this is kind of weird because the story she told, you would think I want to stay as far away from that house as possible. (laughs) But I was this after we had seen stuff in our house. It was probably around that time. I can't pinpoint it exactly. It was definitely that time because um, this is when I knew her um, in that mm-hmm. in that era of our lives. Um, she had told a story that she and her friend uh, were spending the night in the house. And they were in an upstairs bedroom that had two beds, um, two single beds. And they went to bed and she woke up. She felt something waking her is how she described it. And she woke up and looked over at her friend who was wide awake, but held very still. Her eyes were wide, like she was surprised, um, but she wasn't moving. And my friend described seeing a shape kind of over her. And so she... Over her friend or over her? uh, Over her friend. As she like turns and is looking at the bed next to her. Her friend is awake but not moving, eyes wide but not saying anything, not not and and so she sees the shape over her. And so she goes over to the bed. And as she goes over to the bed, the friend sort of wakes up kind of with heavy breathing, not wakes up but like sits up heavy breathing. And her friend described how she couldn't see anything but felt like something was choking her. Um, and that's why she wasn't moving, that's why her eyes were wide. Um, and so hearing that story, I'm like, let's all go sleep in that room. <laughs> so this must have been before we saw stuff, right? Because that's because now were you really believing something would happen? I did you believe her story? I believed it enough not to actually sleep in that room, Tim. You know, once, once you got there. Yes, once we got there, um, they talked about the house. Well, this was unique. There was a remodel to the house that added on this newer kitchen area. And so that's where we spent most of our time that night. I felt in my <laughs> mind like this part's new and is not going to be haunted. So right, you had is, the logic of how it works. You had to yeah, set up paranormal logic. Exactly. And You're so, but this was, this was probably, and maybe this is why I don't remember those moments you were describing as, as, as vividly as you do. I do remember those, those moments and, and having those, discussions and experiences in that house, but not as vividly as, as you're retelling it. Maybe it's because this moment sort of overshadows all those for me. This is the most vivid experience I had with as what, you know, we're calling them ghosts. Who knows exactly. Um, mm-hmm. In the room, we were downstairs in a room where the stairs uh, lead upstairs. So we were in the room where the stairs were basically is what I'm trying to say in a very poor way manner um we were near the stairs we were near the stairs there is a couch across from the stairs in this room and i was sitting on the couch and i was staring at uh, another there was a group of us there that night and one girl was standing sort of at the bottom of the stairs maybe a little to the left of the bottom of the stairs and my friend suggested that she sing because she had said she had at least this is how i'm remembering it that she had had an experience that when they were singing, they would see more things as if the spirit or whatever it is in the house 
enjoy this music. Huh. Um, and so she started singing, and I'm sitting on the couch watching her sing. And out of the corner of my eye, I see something coming down the stairs, a glow kind of coming down the stairs. And usually in my experience with these types of things, when we're in a, a spooky area, uh, we'll see something out of the corner of our eye and we'll turn and there'll be nothing there. So out of the corner of my eye, I see this thing and I turn and I look. And instead of vanishing, instead of my eyes adjusting and not seeing anything, I saw it more clearly. I turned and I looked and there was this shape of what I described as a skirt coming down the steps with no feet. That's how I saw it. A skirt just kind of floating down the steps. And as it was coming down, I then could recognize like a bodice, like a waist. And it looked like a coat from colonial times. This is how I've described it. I don't know if that's exactly it. And this is where I, I regret what I did next. I jumped up off that couch and ran into the next room and hid behind a chair. I'm 20... <laughs> I'm 22 years old, 23. I don't know how old I was. Probably 22. <laughs> and that was my initial reaction to seeing the most um, clear visual of an unexplained thing uh, was to run away from it. So all this big talk growing up as a kid about how I really wanted to experience this, about how I wanted to come to this house to experience it. And that that was my initial reaction to it. And I think my my reaction was that way because I was just so shocked i don't think i believe that i was going to see anything you know mm -hmm. it was like of course you are going to tell this story but that's not real that didn't really happen you're going to tell this story maybe to get me to come to your house i don't know um <laughs> and then i was there and it happened and after the moment passed the girl who was singing um who was braver than i was uh, finished her song and said, you saw it too. Like she came right to me and was like, you saw it too. And I'm like, holy oh. shit. Holy shit. Did anyone else see it? I don't think anyone else saw it. It was the two of us. Wow. There are three, two or three other people in the room. Um, oh, but, yeah, but my friend, but my friend who, whose home it was or whose a vacation home it was or family home. Um, when I described it, she had she said she had seen that shape as well at other times like that wasn't a wow. new thing for her um the more she told about the house apparently there were two entities or spirits in the house a man which is the one that was hovering over her friend and apparently choking her and then this woman so huh. uh the, then the woman was the good spirit and the man was the not so nice spirit you saw it too. Doesn't that just yeah. try it? Isn't that you're part of a group? So invalidated yeah. for you. Yeah, that that's you the big up. one for me. That's the big. I've got a couple other. And then of course, you know our Malden experiences. Um, the one I I always come back to the story you told and, and talking about, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is to talk about these things from our youth that made us who we are. And one of the things that I think we talk about the things that drew you and I together. Uh, whether it be music and TV shows and, and movies and stuff. Um, one of the things that I really, uh, that I think made us fast friends or made me really want to get to know you more. And, and I don't know when you told me this story, but you told me a story about walking through the woods um, in, in mm -hmm. your hometown. 
and I'll always... Actually, not my hometown. It was a, a town... Uh, actually, it was quite a trek to get to. Yeah, I told everyone this fucking story, because <laughs> at the time, it was my paranormal story. Um, yeah, well, I grew up in... Can, uh, was that an introduction? That, was that a an invite yeah, to tell, tell the, it? Or? Tell, tell the story. <laughs> okay. uh, no, because up to this point... So this is going to be 1992. I was a senior. I uh, just turned a senior in high school. Um, and I had not had a paranormal experience. I had not had an encounter with something that I couldn't explain. And I wanted to, you know, because of everything I read. But also there was always a little bit of hesitancy of like, well, how would I handle that? How would that work? I don't want it in my house was always the thought. Sure. But I grew up in a town called Lebanon, Connecticut. And um, Connecticut has its share of famous haunted spots. One of which is um, there's a town called Pomfret, Connecticut, and in it are the remains of a really old village called Barahawk, or the Village of Ghostly Sounds. It's, it's in a registry as one of the most haunted places in America. And Pomfret, Connecticut, it's a, you know, it's, I, I remember it as being kind of a rural town, um, but I had a, a friend, my, my good friend named Mark, and uh, his girlfriend at the time, and Mark had been to Barahawk before, and I think he had had an experience. I think he had seen or heard the sounds, maybe. I think there were sounds that people would see in spectral lights. It was just, it's in the middle of the woods, and it's kind of like a foundation of an old village and broken walls and parts of structures that used to stand there. So he had talked about it. We, we, we were, you know, as friends, we kind of bonded over, like you were saying, over the paranormal. We talked about it all right. the time. We also liked UFOs. So whenever I heard his stories, you know, that the researcher of me kicked in. I was like, we got to go there. Yeah. I want to check this out. I want to see this place. Oh. That actually was probably his suggestion because I'm not a very motivational person and I hate going places. So he probably is the one who said we, we should go there. But I said, sure. But let's go during the day, I think was my suggestion. <laughs> so already I was kind of like, I want to see the place, but I'm not sure I want to see something. So we decided on a Saturday we would drive out there because he, he was driving. I probably was too. I think we were 16 or 17 at that point. Um, so the idea was we'll get there. Well, I just want to see the area was my thought. I didn't necessarily want the experience, but I wanted to say, hey, I was there. So we left. We probably left around noon, You know, probably an hour to get to Pomfret. We're driving around and we get lost. You know, we get lost while we're driving. We take the wrong exit. We take the wrong road. And it's not like Barahawk is necessarily like, come to the village of Ghostly Sounds. It doesn't have pamphlets, I don't think. It's not really marked. Right. So we were driving around for a while just trying to find this place. This must have been November because I think it started to get dark early. We couldn't find it. He couldn't quite remember where it was. He couldn't quite recall where the end, like, so, you know, you got to get into the woods. Where do you park? Blah, blah, blah. So we're just driving around for a while. Car rides were always fun. We were talking about ghosts. We were talking about probably cartoons. And, you know, part of me was thinking like, okay, we're not going to make it. That's fine. I'm getting car sick. Let's, let's turn around. We're driving around Pomfret, and we see like a tiny convenience store, your typical kind of side of the road, musty door, family-owned convenience store. And so we pull off, pull off the street. We go inside because he's like, I'm going to ask directions. My friend Mark's like, I'm going to ask him if they know where Barahawk is. We're in the town. We just can't fucking find it because it's not very well marked. So he goes inside comes back out he's like oh we're, we're close he told me where it is it's it's just down this road you know typical horror movie paranormal <laughs> movie you know like it's right down the road everyone knows this in this town but no one ever comes back that wasn't said but i just starting you know it's not the dark, shop owner but, you know, after you guys left the shop owner locked the door like he's like locked yeah. the door <laughs> <laughs> it's happening again. <laughs> Someone's coming into my store and not buying anything. They just flipped through the comic books and asked to use the bathroom. 
So it's starting, you know, again, not dark, but, you know, as, as, as you approach dusk, you know, it gets, you know, the sunlight obviously changes. So we drive down the street and it's, again, it's not, there isn't a sign. It's not like a driveway. Even. We kind of pull off to the side of the road, pull off the road, pull into like the grass a little bit. We get out, and we're kind of just looking at, you know, and it's the woods. It's Connecticut woods. Connecticut has a lot of thick, thick woods and it's great. I actually really like that, but that's, that's what we see. Can you hear that chainsaw in the background? I'm so is sorry. That, it is. I was, I was a, thinking it's like it, it was just raining there. Who's mowing their lawn? This idiot with a hockey mask on. <laughs> but so so this is probably dethroning the whole story. But um, I wish I could ask him to stop. So we <laughs> you know we, we we get out of the car and you know it's starting to get dark. It's cool. It's November. It's the woods. And we're just in my head. I'm like, huh? We're here. <laughs> this must be the place. That's where the talking heads told me. <laughs> And looking around, we do, we see kind of like there is a path, you know, like looking into the woods and through the grass, there is kind of a, a way that people obviously have walked beaten down grass. So we're like, oh, here's the path. So we start towards it. And honestly, because it's starting to get dark and because we're out there walking, I'm a little nervous, maybe <clears throat> a little uncomfortable, not overly so. But, you know, my way of making sure nobody registers that is I'm going to make a dumb joke. Let me make a joke. That way, you know, to be like, hey, I'm fine with this. And, you know, we're walking down the path. And I'm like, hey, watch, watch us around the corner. And there's like a big tree lying across the path saying, do not pass or something like that. And we're like, oh, that's hilarious, Tim. You should do stand up, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so we're walking down the path. We kind of turn the corner of the path, I guess. And we stop on our tracks because ahead of us, a little ways ahead of us, a couple steps ahead of us, is a broken tree laying across the path. Not a huge tree. One we could easily step over, but still, yeah. we had just made the dumb, what I'm calling a joke, but it was just a statement of, what if there's something across the path? And there it was, a bent down, probably from a rainstorm tree, blocking the path. So we stop, and we look at it, and it's kind of like, huh, that's funny. That's interesting. And we're standing there, and the path goes deeper into the woods. And as we're standing there, my friend Mark goes, hey, guys, there's something coming down the path. And, uh, you know, I, don't, I look up looking past the tree, looking down the path into the woods. My eyes are adjusting and I'm kind of seeing, and this ties into how I was describing the thing in our house. As I'm looking down the path, I kind of notice that it looks a little wavy. There's a shape that looks a little wavy, kind of like when you're looking at a grill and you know how like as the heat rises, it, it blurs the vision a little bit. So I kind of see that it's wavy, it's blurry, takes my mind a moment to catch up. And, and right when I'm like, wait, that's not right. My friend, in a more terrified tone, goes, no, guys, there's something coming down the path. And I see it. It kind of straightens up into like a tall, almost looking figure. Again, further down the path, but it's shimmering or, or, or not shimmering, but wavy coming towards us. So we turn and we fucking run because we're terrified all of a sudden. We saw the thing. We didn't want to see a ghost. And we come running out of the woods. We stumble our ways out. We get to the car. We take a deep breath. And we have a moment. And the fear passes. I mean, I was I was scared for a moment, but the fear passes, and we're standing there, and I'm like, what, what, what did we just see? Did I just see something? And what's odd about this is we didn't see it the same way. Because, like, I'm like, yeah, I was looking down the path. It looked all wavy. I saw this tall-looking figure, and I saw it as slowly sauntering towards us. Again, coming at us, but moving slowly. My friend says he saw it whip around a corner like it was rushing, like it was running at mm. us. Because he saw, he, it sounds like he saw it further than I did. And his, when he suddenly got nervous, it's because it picked up pace and it felt like it was chasing us out. So we left. And it was just that, you know? Yeah. It was that little moment. And there was an adrenaline rush. 
there was a confusion. It was like, what did we just see? But that was like, I touched on like, oh my God, I, I saw something. I experienced something. This, this was it. This was my unexplained moment. And then we just got back in the car and we drove home and we had our story that we could tell and life goes on. But I do remember that that night getting to his house, I was driving because then I drove home from his house. Coming home that night, driving in the dark with my windows down, probably music playing, things felt, I don't know, something felt different. Not in a bad way, not in a dramatic way. Just, I was like, I saw something. I know the world I live in. I know the town I've lived in. I'm, what, 17, 17 years of life. You think you know everything. Something shifted. I, I had experienced or touched upon something that I didn't know. Not everybody believed in. And I witnessed it. And I'm driving home with this. I'm driving home with this feeling. I signal left when I get to the, 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 the driveway. I turn off Route 207 to get up to my parents' house. And as I'm coming up the hill, there in our yard takes off an owl. Not a big owl, but a big enough. My lights hit it. I've never seen an owl before. Takes off, flies into the sky, gone. I pull into my parking spot. I just sit in the car. I can't get out for a second because I'm like, what if the owl's out there and owl's a real thing? <laughs> but I just have this like electrical feeling inside of me that something, I don't know, something unknown, you know, something bigger, something I got to witness or experience something tonight. And I don't, you know, at the time I was like, I saw a ghost and then an owl. I don't know what I saw. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it has a consciousness. I don't know if it, it's something that was dead and alive. I don't know if it's just uh, reality warping, if it's a trick of light, if it's some ethereal force, whatever it was, you know, I need a language to talk about it. So my go-to is ghosts. Yeah. But I just, I did have this feeling and it wasn't of terror. I was scared with the stuff we saw in Malden. That scared me because it was in the house. Yeah. We had to go to bed that night in the house. And there are times where I saw other stuff in that house. Like I remember a night coming out of my bedroom, turning to go down the hallway to the bathroom and seeing a very lanky, lanky, blurry, almost like a stick figure lumbering from the bathroom into the kitchen right across the hallway. And I remember thinking like, well, I'll just hold it and go back <laughs> to my room and going to bed. I just, I was scared of that shit. Yeah. But this, this feeling, this experience, this first one, it, it was like, I go back to it a lot because I'm like, I, I did experience. I mean, both of these things. I experienced something. I'm not saying I know what they are. I'm not saying they're as paranormal as I think, but I definitely think I experienced something that touches on this idea of there's an unknown, and I got to witness it. I'll be honest. I, uh, I wanted you to tell that story because I like hearing you tell it, and I like the goosebumps it gives me, and I like the possibilities it opens up. And I'm wondering if part of why we're drawn to this is like, why are we drawn to this? Is, <laughs> is it because we want <clears throat> to discover something and we want that feeling? Is it because we want to believe there's more to this world than just what we have and what we're living? Um, like I just, it's, it's such a strange thing. And it's like the, the books to get back to the commercials and the books we talk about how vague they were. I think mm -hmm. that's part of it. It's like we can build our own experience into it and, and, and we can make up the, the end story to it. It's like this, they talk about, could this be, why is this happening? What happened when this person went into this room? It's like, you kind of just want there to be something more to it. You know, I, I don't know. 
I think the commercials overdo the, uh, you know, like written by experts in the field. We're taking a look. It's like, no, you're, you're just, you're presenting the stories yeah. and you're presenting it to an audience that wants the stories. You're not changing anyone's mind. Like, I don't think I was, I, I was already willing, like the ones I was willing to believe I would read and the ones that I was confused by or not, I would uh, ignore. They, it wasn't, these aren't pieces of science paper and there are there's 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 scientific research on the paranormal and on, on ufos and that's out there but these books were not that but they had the 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 covers and the appearance of it and it gave for me as a kid growing up it gave validity to my beliefs enough to stick with them which i guess i do need once in a while i do need a reminder that no no this this is worth it there is something about sharing these stories particularly these stories of the unexplained ufos and ghosts that, yeah, kind of plays on all these different emotions in a safe way. I can look scared in front of you. I can look stupid in front of you. I, I can become a narrator in front of you. I can do all of these things and not be self-conscious because it, it's the nature of the story. You know, it's this Halloween season. It's all about that. So it's it was nice to have these books that tricked me into thinking, oh, there's scientific value to this, which there is. Right. But as a, as a 12-year-old, that's not how I'm approaching it. So that was nice. But at the heart of it, reading these stories and being able to share these stories... It really has nothing to do with believing these stories. And I think that's great. I mean, I'm going to have an inkling that I saw something ethereal. That's how I call it. And I do think I saw and experienced something that isn't an everyday explanation event. And maybe there are aliens visiting Earth. That's the one I want to believe. It's also the one I don't want to witness. But I don't know. You know, there's so many holes in those stories as I get older. But... I'm still willing to think it, you know, that something crashed that Roswell, that the Betty and Barney Hill did go on a ship, that people have seen things like I, these stories are important to me because they allow me to play around with belief because I don't have a lot of belief in things. You know, I have no truths and then very little belief. And these things are kind of a fun way to play with that because they're mysterious and unknown. Um, and because you can read the books. And and you can read the books. <clears throat> and I encourage everyone who hasn't seen the commercials to go out and see these ridiculous commercials, which are ridiculous now. They're yeah. ridiculous now. No, I, I, they were ridiculous then. I'll link a bunch of them up in the show notes. Um, but that's our spooky, one of two spooky shows, I guess, for this month of Halloween. Thank you for listening. This is 20th Century Popcast. It's our weekly show. Um, check out www.20popcast.com. That's the, the official and recently newly updated website. Um, it's got all past episodes there. You can always find the newest episode. There are links to subscribe. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and also on Android devices. A lot of you probably hate Apple, hate the concept of iTunes, and you got a, got yourself an Android phone, not with iOS. We've got a link now. You can, you can, you can subscribe to us. I would, I would encourage you to on your Android device. That way you get a different show every week every time we update it and the one thing i would ask is if you are enjoying the show if you do like the show if you could write us a review um click over to apple podcasts and uh if that's where you listen to it and just write a little review there about how you like the show what you like about it that helps us out that helps us kind of gauge um our audience and also kind of helps us get noticed by other audiences so i would ask that i know that's kind of demanding but it's just a little exchange for this free hour or whatever minutes we just gave you um, you can follow me on Twitter at Subcultist. Um, that's probably the best place to see what I'm up to and what's coming up on the show. Bob, what about you? Uh, <clears throat> ooh, I should have cleared my throat earlier because um, I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> While I was yeah. talking, it would have been great. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter as well at uh, RH Canning. 
Um, and I would encourage you guys to, anyone that's interested, to share your ghost story or UFO experience or a story that you've heard told or a legend that was in your hometown. I'd, I'd be curious to see because uh, this is a topic that I'd like to talk about uh, again and again. And so if we can get a, a side conversation going, that'd be great. Yeah, maybe even next week on the next episode. So yeah, that's a great idea. If you if you if you listen to the show on Facebook, in the comments section under the player, tell us a little bit about your story. Or if you go on to twenty uh, twenty popcast dot com, click on the pop talk page. There's a little section for communicating with us. And yeah, drop us a even a quick story or an encounter or something. I, yeah, you're right. That's a good idea. I'd love to hear that. I'd love to be terrified by that. I'd love to email those to your daughter so they can read that awesome that was weird sorry that was, <laughs> that was, that was weird that was, that was really weird plus i made her singular that's creepy what you've oh. just done is probably the creepiest yeah. thing we've talked about so far today all right well <laughs> um <clears throat> uh, till next week <laughs> catchphrase <laughs> <laughs>